Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. someone to see you, Queen Rebecca. I know you have many questions about the happenings in your kingdom. Father, my goodness, I miss you so much. What, what happened to you? He can't talk. It seems someone choked him before he drowned. But I'm certain no one is going to tell you that. You see, your father was not the man you thought he was. My father was an honorable man, devil. A loving, generous, kind man. I don't believe anything you say. Not about my father or about anyone. <laughs> I find it amusing the one time someone is being honest with you about your father, you dismiss it all without hearing what I have to say. No wonder Silas loves you. Gullible and blind you are. My father is dead and buried. This phantom you brought with you, that can't even talk. Why should I believe anything you or it says? But since we're here, what is it you want to tell me? I thought so. Rebecca, you are right to suspect someone murdered your father. He was indeed murdered by someone in your kingdom. Who? And why would anyone want to murder my father? Your father had a very dark side, Rebecca. He liked to inflict pain on young girls, and he did it quite frequently. Let's just say he had his own little monster. <laughs> what? I don't understand. Your father was involved with the enemies of your husband. That's all I'm willing to tell you. So, you are saying my husband murdered my father? I am only willing to tell you the name of your father's assassin. His name is Nabal. Nabal. I've heard that name before. Indeed you should have. Find Nabal, and you will learn the awful truth. <laughs> <laughs> New Kingdom Radio Theater. Hey guys, this is Venice, and I've got a message from a friend of mine about my favorite podcast. It's your boy, Flavor, Flav, and Full Effect. Check this out, everybody. I want y'all to go check out TJ. What's good, everybody? TJ Johnson here from Voice from the Underground. I am the most handsome. Big ass. And I'm smoking my cigar, of course. You know what I'm saying? The judge. You pick me up in an Uber and a PT Cruiser, I'm calling Lyft. <laughs> Instead be fighting the power, talking about social issues, politics, you know what I'm saying? And we're not even that good. Right, we're terrible. Terrible. Tandis <laughs> all over the place. And not only that, but they be keeping the fun with the sports, music, comics, and movies too. Am I allowed to I talk? Think, I think, no, not right now. Shut Did up, just... colonizer! <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? He on Twitter at VFU Podcast. So you can find him. You can find him. So check one, two. This is Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy. Okay. What Flav was trying to say is check out Voice from the Underground on your favorite podcast network. Voice from the Underground. King Osiris was nearing the conclusion of his excursion, walking mainly through the night, and used the stars in the sky to guide him back. As he got closer to the location where he was to meet his royal guards, a shadowy woman with two large coyotes approached him. Osiris, you are headed for an immensely devastating loss. Millions upon millions of lives have already been lost because of your ambitions. The coyotes had neon green glowing eyes, and the shadowy woman was colored in a robe except her face. She was pale with gray lips. Abruptly, the shadow woman held up her hands and a brilliant orb appeared with images of people cheering, large beautiful structures, and garnered ships pulling into opulent harbors. The dazzling images were so alluring, Osiris simply gazed at them in juvenile reverence. Asylas listened to the figure as he regained his mind from the entrancing images and looked into the shadowy woman's eyes. She began to remove her robe, revealing her voluptuous curves. At this, Asylas became immensely agitated. Go, Satan! For it is written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Upon saying these words, the shadow woman and her coyotes vanished without so much as a whimper. Asylus walked on, and as he approached the mouth of the valley from whence he entered, three angelic figures approached him. They spoke pleasantly and began to minister to him and spoke of the glory of the Creator. The angels walked with Asylus for the remaining three miles until he reached the royal god's campsite. They said many things to him, mostly of the ways he needed to be, how to properly worship God, and his mission to spread the world to people at every corner of the world. When the royal gods saw their king walking towards him, he was alone. They ran to him as fast as they could to assist. He was thinner and with a full beard, but he was as strong as when he first walked into the desert. How are things in India, Cardinal? The country is torn over the traditional religions and imposed Christianity from America's King Holy Father. Are they more accepting of the king and his cause? It appears so, Your Holiness. 
They may not accept the Catholic faith, but the majority support America's king and the war against those dreadful drag creatures. I suppose people are simply interested in saving themselves against something viewed as unholy. For lack of a better word. Indeed. Never more evident has an alliance with Satan been more clearer, Cardinal. These demons have had their way long enough. <sighs> as much as it pains me, the Catholic Church must align itself with America and Asalus. Or we may be at the precipice of our Holy Church's dissolve. But I can never say this openly in public, you see. I've been against this war from the start. Your Holiness, no one will blame you for changing your opinion on the matter. The whole world has been broken and has yielded to the king. I mustn't endorse a mass executioner. He's an abomination and has been aligned with Satan himself. <laughs> change my position. I cannot, and I will not. But your holiness, the prophecy, he is not the one that would bring the balance, he is merely paving the road. Your idiocy saddens me, Cardinal. There's no forsaken prophecy. The whole damn thing may be a sham. Don't you see? Asalus is an instrument of death. <coughs> oh. <coughs> oh dear. Holiness, perhaps you should rest. Please, lie down. Let's not talk about these matters any longer. America's Evening News with Tom Novak. Good evening, America. We are receiving word at this hour that King Asylus has returned from his 40-day excursion. In a statement from the office of Lord Jeremy Orb, commander, and the king's regent in the absence of his majesty, King Asylus is said to be, and I quote, back in New Eden, and being given a full physical examination, but is unharmed and at full strength. End quote. The statement goes on to say the king fasted for forty days in the southwestern desert and has found spiritual solace and ready to begin working on a strategy to win the war against the enemies of humanity. As this information was only made public earlier today, it is important to note that at the onset, the public was not made aware the king had gone into the desert in the first place, nor that he would fast for 40 days. This, as anyone can imagine, is astonishing on many levels. To bring this into perspective, we have in studio with us 
Lord Isabella Jones of the House of Terra. Lord Jones, thank you for joining us this evening. Give us your reaction to this breaking news about the King's so-called excursion. Why were we kept in the dark about this? Well, first, thank you for inviting me on your program, Tom. You provide a wonderful service to Americans everywhere in keeping them well-informed about our kingdom. First, let me give you my reaction. The king is someone who pushes himself every moment of the day to be a better person. And sometimes he has to take a moment for himself, either in one of his several studies or even on Air Force One. But America and the world has to know announcing he would be alone in a desert for 40 days would be a security risk of the worst kind. He simply couldn't tell anyone about it so as not to endanger himself or the kingdom. You mean, if he went public with where he was going and being alone, would be basically leaving himself a sitting duck for would-be assassins, correct? Exactly, Tom. It would have been foolish for the king to tell the whole world, Hey, I'm going to be over here contemplating all the things in life by myself. Don't mind me. Everything will be fine. No, that would only be an invitation to our enemies, to try and harm him or worse. Although he was accompanied by two of the best Spartan soldiers in the kingdom, so he wasn't entirely alone. But still, it was very risky. This is true, no question. But now that he's back, is there any friction with him and Commander Oreb? Well, now that he's back, Commander Oreb is no longer Commander. He's just Lord Oreb again. The king is being updated on all the happenings while he was away, and the High Council will be reconvening shortly, once the doctors complete their examination and clear him to conduct his duties as the king. As far as I know, the king is very pleased with how Lord Oreb kept the kingdom running smoothly. There is no friction between these two men. They love and trust each other completely. How is the king? Is he in good health? We read the statement from Lord Oreb, but he has not been seen in public. How does the king look? I spoke with the king briefly early this morning when he arrived back. He is strong and as sharp as ever. The only thing about his appearance is he grew a full beard and is a bit thinner. <laughs> I would imagine going 40 days without eating anything would make anyone thinner. Indeed. Lord Jones, we're so happy to speak with you. Please send my warmest regards to the king when you see him. Tell him we are all anxious for him to speak on camera or in an open forum. Whatever he feels comfortable with. The public needs to see their king. I certainly will, Tom. He watches you regularly, by the way. That is immensely pleasing to hear. Here and figures of authority Speaking all about integrity Feeding people with morality Feeding people with fears they don't need Setting laws they don't need to respect And expecting people to accept Our reality is so far away Of what is happening every day They don't care about you, they don't care about me 
They don't care about nobody. They don't care about life. They don't care about us. They don't care. Your life could be being master of your own. The more that you're looking, the more you see you go what they were called crazy. The more that you're feeling, the more becomes of your what you try to break free. They don't care about you, they don't care about me, they don't care about no. Upon King Osiris' return, people noticed a change in his physical appearance. The king was thinner, his face gaunt from his 40 day fast, and the stare in his eyes was piercing. Reports from Australia's destruction made Osiris melancholy. He met with the young Lord Isabella Jones to ascertain the state of Australia and present a true picture of what happened there for the world to see. Nearly three quarters of Australia's population perished in the nuclear attacks, about 18 million lives lost in the aftermath of the invasion. Lord Moore protested against any mention of Australia's death toll. But Asalas quickly reminded him who the king was and put him in his place. Asalas said to Lord Oreb, You've been drunk by the intoxication of power, and it is time you sober up, my friend. Or, friend, you are no more. 
or a distraught and frightened begged Asilas for forgiveness. Asilas tested Orb's loyalty and sent him with a small team of Spartans to Antarctica to survey the land for the final phase of his plan. Lord Orb compiled reports that there was too much activity in Antarctica to be attributed to natural phenomena. Before meeting with Lord Shelley, Capone and Desta to begin the brainstorming stages of this final strategy, Asylus's assassin Spartan Nabal entered the Vatican and met with Pope Pius, who had fallen gravely ill. Pius told Nabal, Warn Asylus of the war with demons, for it is littered with treachery. The old man, referred to as Holy Father, used all his strength to stand up and face his assassin eye to eye. Nabal took the staff Asilus gave him and threw it on the floor. Upon hitting the ground, the staff changed into a serpent and rolled up the Pope's leg. The serpent slowly slithered up to his groin and the ball began to hyperventilate before giving a whimpering yelp and dropping back onto his bed. But before taking his last breath, Pope Pius XIV cried out to relay one final holy message to the king. Tell... Tell, tell Asalus that the Alpha Omega will, will find him soon. These were his final words as he slipped into his eternal sleep. So, you're not very hungry, you say. Are you at least thirsty? I am hungry, but my stomach shrank so I can't eat much. It's going to be a while before I get back my former hefty appetite, my love. But yes, I can drink to my heart's desire. Everything worked out well while you were away. I think I actually enjoyed sitting on the High Council. It's like I got a rush from it. Power has that effect on people, dear. I think Oreb was getting a little overbearing toward the end. I'm glad you finally came back because I really think he was going to start acting like a tyrant. I think he's dishonest about some things. You think Lord Oreb is dishonest? About what, exactly? Well, I inquired about my father's death and... Why did you inquire about anything, Rebecca? I specifically asked you to observe. You weren't supposed to inquire or participate in anything that would cause a rift on the High Council. I trusted you to avoid that at all costs. I kept the balance, Asilas. If it were not for me, I swear Oreb would have usurped your powers for his own gain. Maybe even undermine the whole mission. Lord Oreb would never betray me. Ever. 
So you have more trust in Oreb than your own wife, your queen. <sighs> Look, I understand there was some tension. I expected there would be in my absence, but you were supposed to keep the peace and the sense of normalcy while I went through my spiritual cleansing. And did you accomplish that, Asilas? Did you clear your conscience? Is your spirit cleansed? I believe I have a clearer perspective, and that's what will matter in the end for us to win the war. Well, like it or not, I learned a few things while I sat on the council. I learned things are not what they seem. I learned you have more dangerous enemies now than ever before. I learned that the enemy of your enemy is still your enemy. And I learned that someone named Nabal murdered my father. Your father drowned in an accident, my love. I thought that matter has already been settled. Tell me about Nabal, Asilas. And don't you dare lie to me. Nabal was a Spartan. I shot him in the head. But he isn't dead, is he? I won't even ask why you shot him. Nabal is not dead, no. But he also is not an assassin. Asilas, how stupid do you think I am? All of you Spartans are killers, and they will kill anyone you tell them to. So the obvious question is... Did you order Nabal to kill my father? where the aircraft are flying to. Negative. They move too fast. But when we came up to shore 18 clicks to the east of our current position, we saw strange lights dropping into the water. It's possible these machines cannot only fly, but also submerge. Hold your position, Spartan Flores. We're sending another unit to meet up with you. I don't want you to venture any closer alone. Unidentified platoon approaching approximately 20:30, sir. Requesting full retreat. Spartan Flores, have you been made? Affirmative. They're closing on me fast. How long before the other unit arrives? They are still five clicks to your south. Can you hold them off, Flores? Negative. They are Drax warriors. Request extraction immediately. Command. Patch me through to Gabriel. Gabriel. Request immediate extraction of Spartan Flores in Antarctica. Confirm. Lord Aura, request extraction immediately. They are closing in fast. Lord Aura. Spartan Flores, do you copy? Spartan Flores, do you copy?
You've been listening to The Rise of King Asylus, Episode 28, Assassins, starring J.V. Torres as King Asylus and Beals, Meg McDonald as Queen Rebecca, Stephen Fisher as Lord Orin, Michelle Booz as Lord Isabella Jones, Michael Marshall as Pope Pius XIV, Ken Artus as Cardinal Singh, Tara Fox as Shadow Woman, Nina Instead as Spartan Flores, Don Rosinski as newsreader Tom Novak, and narrated by Sergei Brezhnikov. This episode features the song They Don't Care by Stephen Robin Matthews. Download the amazing music of Stephen Robin Matthews on Bandcamp.com and iTunes today. Other contributions by Sergei Cheremisinov, Inspector J, Lero Severe, Raphael Crux, Sky Parade, D Yankee, freesound.org and audio jungle for more information about the cast the music or this production please visit us at www.theriseofkingasylus.com and now a word from our podcast friends this is a ninth world journal a careless experiment with a teleportation device has left me stranded in random places throughout the ninth world while trying to survive in these strange lands I must find a way to reverse my condition. A Ninth World Journal is a science fantasy audio drama podcast. Subscribe to listen or visit ninthworldjournal.com. This has been a production of the New Kingdom Radio Theater in Baltimore, Maryland. Copyright 2019. And stay tuned for episode 29. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. <sighs> Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is Daddy-O! Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Roxbrocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, and now there's... Yeah? Twisted Pulp Magazine! <laughs> What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man. Ha <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy. And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere or at digitalvaudeville.com. That is D I G I T A L V A U D E V I L L E dot com. <laughs>